There is a contaminated water crisis on the Hawaiian island of Oahu. Last November, residents of the Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hicka military housing began to smell something. Residents complaining water from their kitchen tap smells like gas. The cause appears to be petroleum, which many believe came from a military fuel storage area which sits above an aquifer. A leak from a fuel storage facility has shut down the Navy's water system in Oahu, leaving around 93,000 residents without drinking water. The Navy has suspended use of its Red Hill fuel tanks. For years, activists on the island have been asking for more oversight of the Navy's fuel facility. And now, they're asking local authorities to shut it down. The Navy is objecting to the Department of Health's emergency order to shut down the facility. So what is the Navy doing to clean the water? And what's at risk for the more than 900,000 people living on the island? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. For the details on this story, we tapped a journalist who's been covering it from the start. My name is Scott Kim. I'm a news editor for Hawaii Public Radio in Honolulu, Hawaii. Scott, welcome to The Take. Would you break down for us what happened last November? How did water at the Red Hill Well in Oahu get contaminated? Well, the Navy is investigating that spill right now. Uh, They suspect that a fuel leak in a shaft that leads from the Red Hill storage fuel facility down to Pearl Harbor leaked a couple thousand gallons of fuel. Now, it was a few days after that when residents of military housing in the Pearl Harbor area began to complain of a chemical odor, the smell of jet fuel in their tap water, and that's when they were first alerted to this problem. That happened Thanksgiving weekend. The spill was a few weeks earlier, and so this was the catalyst for the current situation. Wow. So Thanksgiving week, take us back. How did people first begin to realize that there was a problem with their water? Well, first of all, when the odor started emanating from the water, that tipped people off. But several of the residents made note that for a couple weeks beforehand, their pets would stop drinking the water. They would go to their water bowl and they would just stand there and look at it and then walk away. And that was a red flag for many of the residents. They said, this is not normal. So they began to suspect something was wrong even before they began to smell the chemical odor or the jet fuel in their water. Once that happened, though, there were many calls that came in to 911 complaining of that chemical odor, as well as problems that people were starting to experience after having drunk the water, things like vomiting and diarrhea and illnesses that they originally thought were, you know, just sort of food poisoning or something like that. But then it began to uh, make sense when they noted the chemical odor. And are people still sick? Are there long-term health consequences that we know of from this? Well, that is a point of contention that they're working through right now. Both the Navy as well as the State Department of Health and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are creating databases. They're asking people who have been affected by this tap water to call them and talk about their symptoms. 
The Navy maintains that once they stop drinking the water, the symptoms should go away very quickly. But they can't be sure right now. There's no indication yet what kind of long-term effects people might have. And so that's why they were creating these databases so that people can log their issues and they can track it over time to see what may come out of this. There were also reports that these weren't just homes. There was at least one school in the area that reported smelling fumes in the water in the cafeteria. So can you tell me more about the area? Who was affected by this? So Joint Base Pearl Harbor-Hickam is the premier base for the military on Hawaii. It is a huge base, and it uses water from the Navy's own distribution system. So it encompasses an area around not just the military base, but in certain civilian areas as well. And so there were several schools that did indicate that they had tap water contamination. This is an area that encompasses both military housing, it has retail, and many other businesses, not all of them under the purview of the military. So it's quite an extensive area. But as far as we know, the only system that is contaminated is the Navy's water distribution system. The system for the rest of Oahu is safe, according to the latest tests. So even though it's just the Navy system, does this encompass military families and non-military families? Yes, it does. There's a retired Navy facility called Barbers Point Naval Air Station that uses the Navy's water distribution system. Decades ago, though, the Navy turned that property back over to the state, and the state then leased these uh, military housing units to civilian management companies that rent it to military, to civilians as well. And that community is called Kapilina Homes. And as far as we know, that is the only non-military housing facility that has been affected by the water contamination. Mm, because who would those people turn to? Can they turn to the military or do they have to go to Hawaiian officials? They've gone to the military, but they haven't received the sort of support that those on military uh, housing have. They have actually filed a lawsuit against the management companies that run the housing communities. They want them to stop charging them rent and utilities because the water is contaminated and that has not allowed them to enjoy a quality of life. Many of the military families have received some form of compensation from the Navy. They've been put up in hotels while the situation is resolved. But the civilians who live at Capalina Beach Homes, the community served by the Navy's water distribution system, were told they could ask for reimbursement later. My name is Xavier Bonilla, and I live at Capalina Beach Homes in Eva Beach. Xavier told us the Navy has not offered them much assistance. The only thing that they've done is to provide us bottled water daily. It started maybe two weeks after the whole situation. They told us is we have to self-procure to get hotel rooms and then ask for reimbursement. We have no clue if they're actually going to reimburse us or not, so we decided to stay in the house. Xavier said that since the leak, he's been sick with daily headaches, stomach issues, feeling lethargic and exhausted, but that his 17-year-old son, Jaden, was the most affected. 
It's been really hard because my son was sent to the ER by ambulance since December 2nd. And anytime he ever touched the water or even just simple things by walking inside the home, which is filled with fumes, he breaks out in skin rashes and his throat will close, his eyes will close. He walks around with the EpiPen in his pocket just in case of an emergency. At the beginning, they tried to tell him there was an allergic reaction. So we ended up going to an allergist who confirmed it wasn't an allergy reaction, but a toxic one. My name is Jamie Simek. We live in Honolulu, Hawaii, in Hickam Housing Community. Jamie is a military wife. She said she and her family had been feeling sick way before the fuel leak was reported. In October, we started feeling ill. We explain it away, Jeff traveling, not eating properly, eating out. I started getting drastically ill, started going to the doctors immediately, like reporting something's making me sick. Neurosurgeons, orthopedics, neurology. I had endoscopies. I had swallow studies because I couldn't eat. I was throwing up every single day. And then it was the tingling of the lips, the tingling of the extremities, brain fog. Jamie says she thinks everything started when she moved into their home back in 2020. When we looked at the house, I could smell an odor. I did not want to move in this house because of the odor. Worst case scenario, I thought it was black mold. Jamie has been living in a hotel with her family since the November leak. But she told us that she goes back to her home often, where the Navy has been flushing the pipes. I still have massive fuel in my water, and they're flushing dragging my hose from my outside spigot into my lawn and turning it on. There's no filtration device attached to it. No kid should ever touch this yard again, the amount they have flushed my home in the past week. Scott, what is being done to clean the water right now? The Navy says they're trying to remove it right now. They're taking water from other wells and they're flushing it through the distribution system, billions of gallons of clean water in order to flush out the contaminants. The Board of Water Supply contends that this is impossible. Once fuel by its very nature gets into pipes, it is very difficult to remove it. And so what they're saying is just flushing water through these pipes is not going to completely clean them out. It's going to take some sort of detergent, but there is no detergent currently available that can be used on that sort of scale. So it really is a critical issue as far as the possibility of it poisoning the rest of Oahu's water supply. And that's why everyone's so up in arms. Scott told us that the Navy has an agreement with the Environmental Protection Agency the State Department of Health, and the U.S. Army to test the water for any fuel before they let people use it again. The samples will be sent to different laboratories across the U.S. mainland. But how long will this take? It will depend on what the results are, whether they should continue to flush or whether the water will be deemed safe. So that is where we sit right now. They are currently in the process of flushing the water. They say that it could take another month or so. So we're talking mid-February or late February when the water may be deemed safe. And that's assuming that these tests come back in a positive way. Tell us about Red Hill. What should we know about this facility and where it's located? 
Red Hill was built in the years of World War II, 1940 to 1943. It's up on a hill, Hawaii, Oahu. It has a mountain range and they decided to build a bulk fuel storage facility up in the mountains for several reasons. One, to protect it against aerial attack and two, so they could use gravity to bring fuel down to the ships at Pearl Harbor. This facility is actually massive. It's got 20 tanks that are taller than 200 feet. They hold a maximum of 250 million gallons of fuel and this fuel is used for all military purposes in the Indo-Pacific Command, and it fuels the aircraft carriers, the jets, everything. And that's one of the reasons this has been so contentious, because the Navy maintains that this is national security issue, that they need the fuel in order to keep America secure, and that it would be too expensive to move the fuel out of there. Why is this location dangerous, and what have residents been saying about it over the years. The reason this Red Hill issue is so controversial is because these tanks sit just above Oahu's aquifer. So essentially, the entire water source for the island of Oahu is just below these massive tanks. And so activists have been saying for years that these tanks are out of date and they know fuel has leaked, but it's how much and how far it's going to go And so if it does get into the aquifer, it could poison the water supply for the entire island. So this isn't the first leak that we know about. Is that right? No. Back in 2014, there was a major leak of almost 30,000 gallons. And this is what really raised the alarm. And that spurred the state into action. And they created what is known as an Administrative Order on Consent, an AOC. It's essentially an agreement which allows the State Department of Health to oversee operations at Red Hill. And they must give a permit every five years to the Navy in order to allow them to continue to operate that facility. Ironically enough, last year, they began the process of considering that five-year permit. Obviously, that is on hold right now because of all that has happened. So all of this begs the question, what kind of reputation does the Navy have on the island? What have people's reactions to these reported and unreported leaks been? Well, people are absolutely outraged. This has done more to galvanize local opposition than pretty much anything else. Everybody from our congressional delegation to the governor to activists, the Sierra Club, to state lawmakers in the legislature, they've all come out calling for the Red Hill facility to be shut down permanently. One of those organizations calling for the shutdown of Red Hill is the Sierra Club. My name is Wayne Chung Tanaka. I am the executive director of the Sierra Club of Hawaii. So a lot of the Sierra Club's work over the last few years has been trying to get the state to regulate this facility, to require them to apply for a permit. Wayne said that after the 2014 leak, they were concerned about the efficacy of the steps the Hawaiian Department of Health was taking to oversee the Navy's facility. Unfortunately, those concerns have now been realized. And I think it's important for people to understand that many of the critical measures that the Navy agreed to do back in 2015 after the 2014 spill have actually not been completed seven years later. Wayne points out that there are more reasons to be suspicious about how many leaks have happened. 
So in October of 2021, a whistleblower revealed to reporters that Navy officials actually withheld information about an ongoing active leak in Pu'uloa in Pearl Harbor. Part of the emails actually did reveal some concern about the optics of the situation as a potential basis of why they were withholding that information. For the Sierra Club, the permanent shutdown of the facility is crucial. We're very concerned that at some point in the future, there may be decision makers that decide for whatever reason that it will be okay to refill the facility. And so we absolutely need it to be clear that the demands from the state be clear that this facility be shut down permanently. But Scott Kim told us that even though many may want the facility to be shut down, the current state order doesn't specify that. There is a state emergency order in effect, which requires the Navy to remove the fuel from Red Hill until they can safely assess the situation and make sure that no leakage will occur. Now, that executive uh, emergency order does allow them to petition to return the fuel to the facility. But by and large, most officials want that facility shut down permanently. And people, I imagine there are issues of sovereignty of resentment against the U.S. military for this space that has caused problems. What are people saying about that? There have been Native Hawaiian groups that have expressed their opposition to the continued use of Red Hill. And yes, this does harken back to the colonial nature of the um, overthrow of the Hawaiian monarchy back in 1893. There's still a great deal of resentment in some quarters about that incident, feeling by some groups that the United States uh, is occupying Hawaii. So you touched on this earlier, and I'm going to delve a little deeper into it. On December 6, 2021, Hawaii's Department of Health ordered the Navy to suspend operations at Red Hill, clean the contaminated water, and defuel the facility, meaning empty the tanks and take the fuel somewhere else to prevent a future tragedy. The Navy contested that order at first, but more than a month later said that it would comply, and they have until February 2nd to present a plan to defuel Red Hill. Are there any obstacles to this happening? Do you think this will happen? That's a great question. And we're going to have to see how this plays out. Last week, top Navy brass told uh, a congressional subcommittee that they would comply with the order. We are complying with the emergency order and and we've already begun uh, taking steps along every one of the lines directed in the order. There is a lot of skepticism among many of the people, the opponents of Red Hill, who say they think that possibly the Navy is looking to delay action. And so it's all going to come down to February 2nd. They have until February 2nd to go to court to appeal the decision by the State Department of Health upholding the executive order. And that is also the day that they are also supposed to provide the state with a what's called a work and implementation order in which they will detail how they're going to go about assessing the safety of the Red Hill facility and the uh, possibility of removing the fuel. Scott, personally for you, have you been hesitant or do you take a second to stop and think when you pour yourself a glass of water? 
That is a great question. And it just this past weekend, I was pouring myself a glass of water and I stopped and looked at it and smelled it. All the tests that the Board of Water Supply has done on the water supply for the rest of the island has come back negative. So there is no contamination in the aquifer. But yeah, you know, you do think about it. You do think, hmm, you know, could this happen on a widespread scale? And, and they don't know about it. For many of the people in military housing, they were unaware until the smell became so overwhelming that you, they knew something was wrong. But some of them had been drinking the water even after fuel had gotten into it. So th it does play into your thoughts, sure. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Ruby Zaman, Priyanka Tilve, Nagin Oliai, Alexandra Locke, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan was the sound designer. Aya Elmilek is our engagement producer. Tom Benton is our story editor, and Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. Special thanks to Tyler Dos Santos Tom, Melody Aduha, and Davy Ann Momilani. We'll be back. <laughs>